And I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone. Alright, legends, welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me. It's me, Billy Darcy. Feel the hype, spread the hype. As always, if you're feeling hype and you're not spreading it, have a look at yourself, okay? Have a look at yourself. Uh, but welcome to episode 63. What a time to be alive. Phil Hughes, 63 not out. Thank you. So, a uh, fair bit of admin to do off the top on this one. Um, apologies. Um, so, firstly, as always, the pod is brought to you by VM Apparel. Beautiful party shirts. If you want to be just a better person, uh, it won't fix your personality, but it will make your hair look a bit better. And it will make people think you're confident because of the beautiful designs. So VM Apparel, vmapparel.com.au. Get amongst it. Christmas time. You got a nephew turning, it doesn't matter. 18 through 65. These shirts have range, all right? So they're beautiful shirts regardless. Dude, get your granddad one, all right? Tell him to shape up a bit. He's been shopping at Lowe's for the last 10 years. He needs to grow up. What are you, 73? You're still a whippersnapper, mate. Get into a VM Apparel shirt. So vmapparel.com.au. Support the uh, the only sponsor of this beautiful pod, VM Apparel. But also, exciting news, and this is first the first time I've had something more exciting than VM Apparel to talk about in, in some weeks. But I am announcing my 2020 tour. Brand new show. All new material. It's going to be sick. Uh, it's it's the show is called Anxiously Arrogant. Take that how you will. Uh, it really doesn't matter. But the the show it's all brand new material. So if you came to see me this year, come again. You it's all brand new. Plenty of hot riffs. Plenty of new material. I've been working on the show all year, of well, seven months or so. Been working the material out in all the rooms. It's ready to go. I'm ready to go. The show is going to be great. The venues. I don't want to speak out of school, uh, but my venues in, in Perth and Adelaide this year were absolute trash. Uh, so you know who you are, people that run those venues. Do you listen to this pod? I fucking hope so, because you deserve a spray. Terrible venues. But I've got much better venues this year, and I'm finally coming to Melbourne. So it's going to be a great tour. The Billy Darcy Anxiously Arrogant Tour. 2020 i'm hitting every capital city and hopefully a couple of more regional places so i've got perth is first up jan uh february 3rd through to 14 i'm doing 12 shows thank you um up next after that is adelaide march 10 to 14 at the rhino room thank god another uh, much improved venue uh, then I will be going to Melbourne for the full Melbourne Comedy Festival. So I think that's maybe 23 shows. And that starts, I believe, March 23 through to April 19. And then in May, I'll be in Sydney for the Sydney Comedy Festival. Those dates are to be confirmed. And then I also have Brisbane and Canberra to be confirmed. I'm also hoping to add Newcastle and possibly Orange, Wollongong maybe, and ideally maybe Gold Coast down the track. But uh, so Perth, Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, Canberra, all definitely coming. Perth and Adelaide up first in February and March. The show's sick. Better than my first show, although the first show, I'm not ashamed of it all. It was a good show. And tickets are only 15 bucks to that show. So get a, you know, that was an absolute deal. Um, you know, but your first show, you know, that's that was like four and a half years of stand-up went into that first show and then I still fucking riffed for 20 minutes of it anyway. Like I, I just chucked out half the material because 
you know, your first year or two of stand-up, you just, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're writing about. So then I look back, I go, these are all just like, I'm ripping on like fat kids with cancer. I can't say this. So then, so your first show, that's four years of stuff. Your second show, I've only got like freaking seven months to get another hour together. So that's why I've been working around the clock, been gigging every night. And it's, it's here. The show's, the show's great. It's going to be so fun. Come out, tell your friends. Tickets are still only 20 bucks. I mean, Billy D is still rocking that no frill tour, you know, 20 bucks. Come see me. I'll have, I'll have six to seven beers with you after minimum. And, uh, we'll, we'll have a great time. So thanks to everyone that came out to this year's tour. It was my first one. And, uh, come out to next year's. It's going to be 20 million times better. The venues are better. I'm better. Um, I'd like to think the cities are better. Adelaide, I'm looking at you. I hope you've grown up in the last year. Get some freaking attractions, you know? But it's going to be super fun, and I'm coming to Melbourne for the first time. Heaps of people have been asking me for the last couple of years, when are you coming to Melbourne? I was waiting to do the festival at the right time, because it's kind of... it's uh, The Melbourne Comedy Festival is very important in the Australian comedy industry, so I wanted to make sure that I came with a great show, and... You know, I've got this anxiously arrogant show now. It's fucking killer. And so I'll be coming to Melbourne and it's going to be great. So the tickets are on my Instagram and Facebook page. Or first, the only tickets that are on sale so far are Perth and Adelaide. Perth is on my Instagram bio and Adelaide, just go on the Adelaide Fringe website. I should get a website as well. So anxiously arrogant, come out to the shows. Fantastic. It's going to be great. I'm very, very excited. So, that's a lot of admin, but that's okay. Um, now, what am I talking about? Last Thursday, I had a huge gig, actually. This has really topped off my year, this gig, because uh, I'm still I'm still gigging, but it's, it's tools down on December 18th for me. That's the official last gig I've given myself, and then I'll be taking a gentleman's two weeks over the Christmas break from the stand-up comedy. And uh, do you know what? I'm... The gigs I've got for the rest of the year, they're, they're fun, but they're not really that important, which is nice. So I can just have a glass of wine, work on the work on the new material, have a great time. But I had this great gig pop up last Thursday. I got to host at the Sydney Comedy Store, which is a huge deal, not only in Sydney comedy, but I would say Australian comedy because it's the best club in Australia by some margin, I would say. Um, people say the Comics Lounge in Perth, but they need to grow up. Okay, you need to grow up. So the Sydney Comedy Store, best best club in Australia. I got to host it, which is great. Huge pay rise from my seven-minute spot, just quietly. And uh, it was such a fun show. I was super nervous, super nervous. I was freaking out. I came home from work, and I was thinking, like, what should I eat? I don't want to, you know, I don't want to carb up too much. I'll stay away from the carbs. I was thinking lean meats and, and greens, and then hydrate. I'm hydrating, you know. And then I'm thinking, should I stretch? Like, I'm literally, like, doing a bit of stretching, thinking I just don't want to be too tense. And then I was like, what the fuck? I never do any of this, usually. Now I'm in my own head. I'm freaking out. Anyway. But I got to the gig, and I'm just pumped. And I it was kind of a weird one, because I didn't actually know, really, anyone on the lineup, which is weird for a Sydney gig. But because of the comedy store, there was a lot of internationals on and interstate comedians. So I don't think I knew anyone, actually. Um, I knew one comedian, Madeline Stewart, but she was the only one I really knew. So I'm meeting everyone. I'm like, I'm the host. And they're kind of just like, 
yeah, he's the host. I bet he hosts here all the time. But I'm like, this is my first time. Better fucking nail this. Now, I host all the time, but first time at the store. So, I'm literally, I go out, I'm just determined. I go, I'm going to do do the material, stick to my guns. Even if I'm just bombing, I'll just game face it. Because hosting can be tricky if you don't get them early. And I go, no matter what happens, I'm, this is, I'm on here. Okay? Rain, hail, or shine. There will be, there will be play today, lads. That's what I... That's what I said. That was the, the rev up I gave the axe in the green room. I said, huddle up. Rain, hail, or shine. There will be play today, lads. There's four girls on the lineup. They did not appreciate it. They did not appreciate it. But literally, I've never seen this happen at the store before, but I, you know, I back announced myself. Welcome to Sydney Comedy Store. Welcome to stage your MC, Billy Darcy. Well, I go out, hands up. Got a haircut in the afternoon specifically for the gig, thanking myself. And before I even get to the mic, these three absolute fuckwits in the front row are like, oh, you look like a fucking lesbian, kill yourself. And they got their feet on the stage. And I'm just, I haven't even got to the mic yet. And I'm like, yes. I literally was like, this is wild. But then immediately I was like, you fucking idiots. I've been waiting like three years to host this gig in particular. All right. I've been so keen to do this. You are out to lunch if you think you're getting in my head tonight. You know, oh, you look like a lesbian. I'll fucking straight up fly kick you in the front row, okay? I'm so excited to do this gig. There's no chance I'm letting some bald prick and his fat missus tell me what's up at the Sydney Comedy Store when I'm the host. You're dead set kidding, mate. I'll choke you out with the mic cord. I'm not afraid. So I disregard that early because you don't want to get in a little tussle off the bat. Do the material, do the material. And then, but I'm just biding my time, I go. And they, they're kind of, they're, they're talkative, they're interrupting. And I'm just, I do the material, you know, get the crowd on side. And then I go, all right, let's, uh, enough about me, guys. Go, let's have a chat. Uh, we, got the, we got the lads down here. I just start absolutely rinsing these blokes. And uh, yes, the battle was won. I called, I, yeah, called him some pretty unsavory things. And uh, the crowd was on my side. And it was a beautiful time. It was a beautiful time. Um... So they actually left at half time after that as well at the break. So thanking them for not coming back because they were scum. Um, but the gig went great. It was so fun. I did a great job as host. Did heaps of crowd work, which I love doing. Um, but you know, you never know if it's going to go. Crowd work is unpredictable. So that was really fun. And uh, the headliner was from New York. And he, one of my favorite New York comedians is this girl, Rosebud Baker. And I absolutely love her. And the headliner was this guy from New York, Seton Smith, who used to go out with Rosebud. And so I meet him and he's a black guy. So he's, he's very cool. His hair's standing up with like no product in it. So I'm not sure how he's done that. Um, but the whole time I just wanted to ask him about Rosebud, but I think they broke up last year. Half his act on stage was about her. I thought that would be in poor taste. So basically the whole time we were hanging out, he's like, oh, you know, where are the good bars or whatever? I'm just thinking... Tell me what she's like, you know? What's Rosebud up to? When, when's Rosebud Baker coming to Australia? That's all I could think about. But I was like, oh, yeah, no, the bars are good, man. Yeah, no, oh, Sydney, beautiful, beautiful. So this guy was so chilled. He goes, he comes in. He's the headliner flown in from New York, right? Guy's been on, like, Comedy Central, Jimmy Fallon, everything, whatever. He comes in he go, and he looks at the line and he goes, oh, I'm last. I go, yeah, dude, you're headlining. And he goes, oh, okay, right. And it was like a shock to him that he was headlining. I was like, everyone else is from fucking Brisbane and Auckland. Of course you're headlining. Jesus Christ. 
But anyway, so he killed. We did have one guy go up, this El Jaguar. Awesome guy off stage. Killed on stage. He dresses up as a Mexican wrestler. Big fat bloke dressed up as a Mexican wrestler. He's Mexican, so it's not racist. Is it, race, is it racist if a white guy did? I don't think so. A Mexican wrestler, is, is that a real thing? Uh, is that like WWE? Is that? Okay. Anyway. So he dressed up as a Mexican wrestler. He's doing like all crowd work and, you know, wearing fucking tights or whatever he was doing. He had the mask on, the full Rey Mysterio. But he's, he's supposed to do 10 minutes and he's right before the headliner. Who's flying in from New York. So let's, you know, let's show some respect and give him the best opportunity. This guy has 25 fucking minutes before the headliner. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it, you know? If, it, if just a normal stand-up did that, you'd be like, you'd literally be fist fighting in the green room. I would be. But, you know, like, the, anytime someone's doing a character or puts on a costume or is improvising, they think they can just run the light. Oh, sorry, you got crazy up there. It's like, well, I do crowd work and you don't see me doing 25 in a seven-minute spot. So, like, the headliner went on heaps late. And they're very strict on the time at the comedy store, but I don't know. No one seemed to care because he was doing his Mexican wrestler thing, but I found, I found it to be in poor taste, to be honest. And that's that's the, the harshest I'll go with that. But yeah, 25 minutes when you're supposed to do 10 max. I was like... And he was like 20 minutes in and he kept like like restarting stuff up. He's like, oh my, I can't believe you've done that. Ah. And it's like, just get off, you know? You've done 200% of your time. But anyway, so that was really the only hitch. And uh, But otherwise, the show went great. Super fun. I only did the Thursday. Um, I didn't do the full weekend, but still so great. Had the best time ever. So that was that was awesome. And that was like a nice little cap off cap cap off to my year. Um, was awesome. Uh, and now basically I've got, I think, set like five or six gigs left. And they're all just fun gigs, so should be good. And then I'm tools down on the 18th. No stand-up for like two and a half weeks. Just going to drink, just drink beers and watch the Big Bash and just lie face down in the deep end of my pool. And it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Because the only thing that gets a bit of a grind with stand-up sometimes is coming home from work and then you got to go straight back out. The turnaround, you know, usually it doesn't bother me at all. But by the time you get to December, you're just like, fuck, I just want to put the old feet up. Especially when the weather's nice. All your mates are home. So, yeah. Tools down the 18th for me. I got, I'm on the home stretch, baby. But then, all right, so that was Thursday night. Sorry if that went a bit long, but it was a big gig and I enjoyed the fuck out of it. So, what I do? Friday night, I went out to dinner with Pat and Freddie and George, uh, my comedic friends. Now, supposed to be a few beers and, uh, and a freaking, you know, a dinner. And then I've got to, I've got to get up early to go to a wedding Saturday morning. Anyway, next thing you know, I'm waking up in freaking Newtown, like an hour from where I live on Freddie's couch. It was just no good. I just, it just got out of hand. Uh, yeah, which is the night we, the night got very aggressive, very quickly. And I ended up getting to bed at like 4am off my absolute rocker. Thanking you. But, um... It was a really fun night with this Uber driver when we were going to this club. He kept he, like unprompted. I love it when people talk about like we, stuff that would be weird even if you asked about it, and that but it's like unprompted. 
So like literally we're in the Uber and Pat's like, hey bud, how's your night been? He goes, I'm from Afghanistan. We have the best weed in the world. We're like, what? Oh, okay. He goes, no, you don't understand. Afghanistan, the best marijuana in the world. I'm telling you. I'm from there. My, my, my family basically runs the capital city. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I go, well, tell them to send over a few more fucking rupees, mate, because you're driving an Uber. So this isn't, this isn't rich kid stuff you're living here. I didn't say that. But I was close due to the nine skunanas in my system. So I said, all right, so you're a big, you're a big weed guy, are you, mate? And he goes, no, not at all. I go, well, how do you know it's the, uh, it's the strongest weed in the world, as you said. And he said, well, I went to Afghanistan and smoked it. Absolutely blew my head off, it did. Couldn't believe it, mate. Couldn't believe it. I go, oh, okay. So what are you comparing it to? Like, do you, are you comparing it to Sydney weed? He goes, no, that was my first time smoking weed. I go, okay. So it was your first time? He goes, yes. And you reckon it's the strongest weed in the world? He goes, yes. I go, have you ever smoked weed since? He goes, no. And I said, stop the car here. One star for these absolute lies you are feeding me. Cannot believe what I'm hearing. So basically, this guy had one puff of a joint in Afghanistan, freaked out because he's never had a drug before in his life, and he's now telling everyone that gets in his freaking Mitsubishi Lancer that it's the strongest weed in the world. One star comment, the driver was a huge nerd. All right? Jesus Christ. Like, it... I, be a nerd, all right? Be a nerd. I'm okay with that. Love nerds. Smoke weed once in your life, never smoke it again. Don't care. Do not unpromptedly tell me it was the strongest weed in the world. And that is an undisputable fact when you smoked it once and have nothing to compare it to ever. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's put a pin in that. Ridiculous lie from that Uber driver. The Uber wasn't on my account, but I screamed one star as we as we walked down the street. Was that in poor taste? It was. Do I apologize? Hey. Better that I get it out of my system down the street than tell him to his face that he's wasting my time with his lies. So, and he was, ex yeah, extremely arrogant, unprompted lies. So, but anyway, we get to this, uh, we get to this pub in Newtown, having a great time. But now, we go into the beer garden. Because Pat Doherty famously, after he, Pat Doherty could smell a beer from 200 meters away and his first words would be, who's got a cigarette? The guy is a health god during the week and then as soon as a Carlton draft touches his lips, simply must chain smoke at all costs. So we go in the beer garden because Pat wants to bum a cigarette, but they're doing this weird thing in the beer garden. It's like a, a one in one out policy. So there's a line to get into the beer garden. And, and you can't go in until like one person comes out, then it's one person in. And I look in the beer garden, there's like no one really in there. Like it's, the tables are filled, but everywhere else is like normal. And I said to the bouncer, I said, what's the guy here, mate? You could fit way more people. He goes, oh, once it gets too busy out there, it just becomes a fucking, an octagon. It's the brawl zone. I go, in Newtown, really? He goes, yeah, seriously, 100%. I go, well, that's pretty, that's pretty red hot. So all the, uh, yeah, it's been getting... Been getting wild in Newtown, apparently. So watch out next time. Uh, I don't know. Just watch out. Just watch out, okay? So we're in, we're in this beer garden. Me and Pat start talking to these two girls. Going, It's going. I don't want to speak out of school. Extremely well. Thanking myself. 
Uh, my girl had probably the best eyebrows I've ever seen, which is not something you think about, but when you when you know, you know. Trust me, you, if you got to look at these eyebrows, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. They were prominent, but not too prominent. I don't know. So, we're talking to these girls, and then we're on the dance floor of these girls. Pat's girl, like this huge Tonga guy just stands in front of Pat and starts talking to his girl. And I look at Pat like, oh, I don't know, you could be on your own here, brother. I don't see myself getting involved in this one. This guy, I would describe him as 6'8", 300 kilos. And he, and even though he wasn't speaking, his eyes said, fuck off. Just, just an extremely scary, scary looking Tongan man. I'm not saying he was scary because he was Tongan. I'm saying he was scary and also Tongan. There's a difference, not racist. Back off. It's my pod. It's the last time I'll say it. It's the last time I'll say it. So I go to Pat. I go, you're in trouble here. And then I get another tap on the shoulder. He goes, man, you know who that is? I go, go, who is it? He goes, man, that bloke plays for the Wallabies. So we got one of the Wallabies out here rackjacking Pat Doherty in front of my very eyes. I can't remember his name. I think it was Fahisi Mahawahu or some shit, but I don't know. Octagon water slide. I'm not sure what it was, but I remember thinking, I'm not stepping in. And then Pat was like, what are we going to do? I said, I said, you're on your own. He goes, well, the, you know, the birds are friends. If we lose one, we lose them both. And I go, all right. So after 24 screws, I tapped Mahisi Mahawahu on the uh, shoulder. I said, mate, what the hell? Come on. We're talking to these birds. And he looked into my eyes. What did he see? Fear. Pure, unadulterated fear. I, uh, it was a mistake. It was a fucking huge mistake. And he just looked at me and I said, I just gave him the odd, ah, just kidding. Just kidding, brother. I said, do you want a drink? I'll buy you a cocktail. What do you need? Let me help you out. What are you, a daiquiri man? I'll, I'll make a double. I'll, I'll get behind the bar and shake it up myself. So we lost the girls. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, that was, I think that's what you call natural selection. Should just started fucking throwing them with Mahisi. Imagine that. You die, but what a story. As They'd have to get a cleaning team to, to mop up the puddle that would be what's left of your body after Mahisi's thrown fucking 17 into your chin and you've just disintegrated. You know, I bet his name was James, by the way. I've totally... The name thing's racist for sure. There's no doubt. But I bet his name's like James Thompson. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we lost the girls. I wake up at freaking... Uh, like 9am in Newtown on Freddie's couch just fucking out to lunch and uh, my mum's picking me up at home at 9.30 to go to this wedding and I live like and I live like a 50 minute drive away like an hour and a half by public transport so I get on the blower to Jenny I said mum yep, there's been a logistical issue she is furious straight away she's furious the ride up was icy I was still aggressively drunk and uh, we get up there. What a wedding. What a wedding. It was my cousin's wedding. Beautiful, beautiful couple. Uh, I didn't cry, but I almost, I could see a world where I would where I did cry. Do you know what I mean? Like, if that wedding happened in tens, 10 parallel universes, I reckon I probably cried in six of them. So I didn't cry in this one, but I could see it. Yeah, I could see it for sure. The wedding singer, I don't want to speak out of school. This guy was fucking Dean Lewis times 10. He was... The greatest singer I've ever come across. Like, his... Oh, his voice. I don't... Just... Well... Sensational. So he's great. Um, 
pretty much just stuck any absolutely terp stuff immediately. My sister's 17, but they, my cousin said, hey, free pass. She can get a, she can hit the beers. So we're on the whites. Me and my brother are on the beers. We're having a great time. There's nothing better than getting drunk with the cousins. I'll say that. Getting drunk with your family, it's like, you know, this is great. This is, the day one is, you know, you're all, uh, you're into the white wines, getting all silly. Fantastic. The wedding, the wedding MC slash DJ. I did not care for him. This guy, real piece of shit. I'll say that. Wearing like a freaking billabong party shirt with a half sleeve tattoo. So I've already got a clenched fist. And uh, he goes up there. So how's this? His only job. You, you could argue that his job is basically unnecessary. Like anyone could MC a wedding. It's purely admin. It's it's like a podcast. If a podcast was just admin, that's what MCing a wedding is. So he, he's go, he goes up to bring up the father of the bride. All he has to say is, welcome to the stage, the father of the bride, Gordon. Now, why would you say that? Because his name is Gordon. Okay? One word he's got to remember. He goes up there. And we've just come back from a, from a dinner break. So he's had a good 20 minutes. He goes out there. He goes, welcome to the stage, the father of the bride. Let me check my notes. Gets out his iPhone. Takes like fucking 10 minutes to unlock it. Wouldn't, be surprised me if he, wouldn't surprise me if he forgot his fucking code, the idiot. And then he goes, and he's scrolling. Like it's not even, the, it's not even up. He goes, welcome to the stage, father of the bride. Oh, let me... Gordon! And we're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. But like, mate, if, if, if that's my wedding, I go, mate, I'm not paying you. you. You suck. Like, talk about one job. He was also the DJ, serviceable. He, play, he played some fair bangers, actually. But by that time, you know, the white wines, my head was spinning. My head was spinning. Uh, the only real drama, the only real incident from me, couple, oh, a couple of incidents from me, there was one guy, so it was on this this Hunter Valley winery. Fucking beautiful, this place. But but it was like one one toilet only for the men's, one toilet only for the women's. So, like, there's even a lineup for the men's toilet. There's this one guy, like, light blue suit. So, you already know, fuck this guy. And he's in there blatantly hoovering up bags. Whatever, dude, live your life, okay? My mum's here, so you need to tone it down. But he's in there, like, every ten minutes. I'm, wait- I'm waiting to take a shit, you know? The white wines run through me. And, uh put a bit of Tabasco on my appetizer. I'm regretting it. I'm going to take a shit. This guy's in there hoovering up freaking El Chapo stash. And and then he, he comes out. He's one of these guys who's doing drugs at like 33, but still comes out looking smug. Like, oh, sorry, boys. <laughs> sorry, I took a while. <laughs> like, raise his eyebrows. I go, I go, mate, I know you're doing coke in there, you fucking weirdo. Get, do it somewhere else, okay? I got to take a shit. There's seven blokes behind me, you know? And he was like, oh, mate, don't know what you're talking about. Like, smug smile. I go, Ugh. I go, beat it, El Chapo, you freaking weirdo, you know? This isn't year nine. I'm not impressed. So then I had to proceed to destroy this toilet. With then I had to put my hand up when I came out to the lads. I said, sorry, lads, but it's, it's not my wedding, but it's my podcast. And it's the last time I'll say it. It is the last time I'll say it. So the wedding was an absolute treat. Uh, did I message the maid of honor at 2 a.m. saying, are you still out and about when I was at the pub down the road? I did. I apologize. It won't happen again. It won't happen again. So what an absolute weekend. Had another farewell for the same person on Sunday. My mate Jack's moving to London. Friend of the pod. Friend of VM Apparel. Love this bloke. And uh, he's moving to London. It's his like fourth farewell in two weeks. 
He's doing like a John Farnham tour. Last week, he had a surprise farewell, and then this was the farewell he actually organized himself. So we did that on the Sunday. Pelican of the week, my mate Adam. So he's uh, one of Jack's best mates. He goes, lads, I'm taking Monday off work. I'm having a huge night. It's my, my boy Jack's last night, having a huge one. It's going to be crazy. Uh, you know, watch out, watch out. I'll, ne- I'll need to be able to sleep in the next day because I'm going nuts. I go, okay. Anyway, Pelican of the week because he got kicked out of the pub at 6.30 and was in bed by 7.30. <laughs> so his day off the next day was completely unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. And not only that, he went out of his way to get kicked out. The bouncer goes to him, mate, can I just have a quick word with you? And it was definitely just a warning because the pub wasn't that busy at all and we were being a bit rowdy. Um, and so Adam panics immediately and goes, a quick word? And the bouncer's like, yeah, just a quick word, mate. And Adam goes, oh, yeah, skulls two Long Island iced teas in front of the bouncer. Panics. Just skulls. So he's run through like eight standard drinks in like 30 seconds in front of the freaking RSA marshal. And the bouncer goes, well, now I have to kick you out. And he's like, no, but it's it's my mate's farewell. And the bouncer's like, what are you talking about, mate? Get the fuck out of here, you idiot. <laughs> so he got the old heave-ho. So he was in bed by 7.30, slept for about 13 hours, woke up well-rested, you know. So he, he, he lost a day's pay for no reason. I've just got to fix up this camera. hey all. Um... I don't know why I set this YouTube thing up every time the same. Today it appears to be identical, but the camera is another meter away. I have no idea. This is how bad I am at production. I have no idea why that is. Like the shot looks the same. I swear I've zoomed at the same amount. I'm the same place. The sign's the same place. Computers, everything's the same place. But the camera is a meter back than it has been for the last 40 episodes I've filmed. And I have no idea why. That's how illiterate I am when it comes to digital production. Like, it's like a freaking, it's a maze to me. Usually I just lean over the laptop, press re-record, because I only records for half an hour. That time I had to walk all the way around, and I have no idea why. Anyway. I will say this. Uh, we ran into some crazy birds on Sunday night. Where I mean, crazy birds, where do they come from? Out west, obviously. We're from Liverpool. I'm calling the cops. Thank you. So anyway, this this girl's crazy. And uh, she goes, these girls are like, like unprompted, like, oh, let's do Never Have I Ever. And it's like, oh God. All right, let's do Never Have I Ever. And then like first one, she's like, Never Have I Ever, like had group sex with four guys. And then she like drinks and she's like, oh, and we're all like, oh my God, the sun is still out. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like 6.30 p.m. The sun's still in the sky. You've just told us all you, you, you've been fucked by four guys. Unprompted. Again, this unprompted shit pisses me off. So th- this chick. So then she goes to me, let's have an arm wrestle. And I go, ugh, no. And because uh, she's from Western Sydney, I'll probably lose, you know. We don't know what sort of triceps this chick's packing. So I go, no. But then, you know, the lads catch with. They're like, no, do it. Do it. Don't be a bitch. And peer pressure after, you know, I've been on the white wines again. I crumbled. I crumbled. So I go, all right, let's do it. We, there's like a big metal tray that the drinks came on. We do the arm wrestle. Thank God I was able to comfortably beat her because inside I was panicking. I was like, if I lose here, 
I'll lose this summer. I'll never hear the end of this. So I've, I've described my display as clinical. But anyway, I go, oh, yeah, yeah, a bit of banter. She gets the tray that, that all the drinks came on and goes to break it over my head like WWE style. Uh, my mate also stop, steps in and blocks it. We're just like, what the? I'm like, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> We're just like, what the fuck? Earlier, this chick poured a whole schooner over Dorso as well and was unapologetic. So she also got kicked out, thanking the bouncers on my side for once. And uh, it's just a bloody wild weekend. And couldn't have had more fun, really. I don't want to speak out of school, but my weekend was bloody awesome. So, and then I've done a few gigs this week. I did, did two last night, two Monday night, two last... Whatever. They were... They were, they were they weren't noteworthy. So I got a few things to talk about. It's a half an hour of yarns. It's because uh, the yarns, usually I like to yarn for about 20 minutes on this thing, have about 20, 25 of me dissecting the issues, politics, let's talk about it. We've got to close the borders. It's the last time I'll say it. It's the last time I'll say it. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. As we know, I don't know anything about anything. But I think I'm blaming the admin and me talking about that store gig for the reason the yarns went long. So, I've got a few things to talk about here. Thank you, thank you. Okay. So the Spotify raps came out. Let me just say, Spotify, great, so cool. It was awesome, I loved it. Let me just say my, actually this is exactly what I wanna talk about. So, I'll describe my Spotify wrapped as pretty embarrassing uh, because it, it's just like really like just just like um like whiny white guy music I would say is how you would describe my Spotify wrapped. Um but everyone was posting about it and uh they were like, oh no shame, like posting their favorite song, like no shame. Oh pretty embarrassing, but who cares? You know, all this stuff being like, oh my god, my Spotify wrapped is so embarrassing, look at this, ah and I'm thinking like how could we still be embarrassed by music when we all grew up with High School Musical? Like, it doesn't get more embarrassing than Zac Efron running around a golf course, jumping up and down, saying, bet on me. You know, I, I was in the lounge room going, I will bet on you, Zac. I will bet on you, because I can see the look in your eyes. You're fired up. I haven't seen you this fired up since the championship game. Wildcats, get your head in the game. So, I'm just thinking about it. We all grew up. You know, I'm saying people around my age, so probably, I guess... What's my sister? Me and my sister kind of watch the same stuff. So she's 17. I'm 24, about to be 25. So say 17 to 26, 27. That's about, you know, 20 to 27 is where sort of all my friends lie. Everyone grew up with High School Musical, Breaking Free. You know the words. You know the words. Don't tell me you don't know the words. And let's be honest, when freaking in, in year 11, when that bird stopped replying to your text, you turned on a bit of Breaking Free and it made you feel better. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we got High School Musical. We got Camp Rock, which was equally as good in my books. You know, this is real. This is me. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. You know, I'm never not saying that. We had Hannah Montana. You know, nobody's perfect. Everyone's worth it. Then we had the Hannah Montana movie, The Climb. Oh, fantastic music. I'm trying to think what else we had. We had uh, Zoe 101, that theme song. Fuck yeah, dude. But I'm saying, everyone, it's on the record. If you don't like that sort of music... Admit it now, we're going to lock you up because you're, you're the next Ted Bundy, okay? If you listen to the Zoe 101 theme song and The Climb by Miley Cyrus back-to-back 
and feel nothing, put out your hands, we're cuffing you, okay? You got a long bay, son. You're a freaking serial killer in the making. So, everyone grew up with this, you know, Disney Channel, Nickelodeon. It's nothing but embarrassing, shameful stuff. And now we're all 24, 25 going, oh, it's so embarrassing, it's so shameful. Let it go, guys. I reckon the ship sailed, you know? I freaking love High School Musical. I've got no shame. Who has time for shame? Was Zac Efron singing, was he singing I'm Ashamed? No. He was singing Bet On It. Because you should bet on yourself. Should have thought the metaphor through. Fuck. But I'm just saying, you know, like people are like, oh, I'm so embarrassed, I'm so embarrassed. Mine, mine was embarrassing. But I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying it's not embarrassing. Okay, that's what I'm saying. I think my top five artists were Catfish and the Bottomman, like Ziggy Alberts, Ed Sheeran, um, I think Mallrat, and Avril Lavigne. I'm now, and people describe that as embarrassing to me, but I was like, I'm not embarrassed. They're like, oh, that dude, that's fucking embarrassing. I was like, but I'm not embarrassed, so how is it embarrassing? If I'm not embarrassed, where's the embarrassment? You know what I mean? I just think it's like, at what age do we just fucking go, eh, this is, this is what I like. You know what I mean? I freaking love Avril Lavigne. Her first two albums, to clarify. To clarify. Her first two albums, bit of a third. She fell off a bit on the fourth, fifth. I don't even want to talk about it, okay? I don't even want to talk about her fifth album. Where's the old Avril? We missed you. But, yeah, so that was mine. And uh, people said that was embarrassing, but I was like, I don't, I don't think it is. Like... Yeah, I just... So that's my that's my point. If you feel ashamed of the music you're listening to, let it... Just let it go. Frozen. Another great song. Another banger. Is it embarrassing to, like, let it go from Frozen? Because when I lived in England, me and my mate used to come home fucking off our rocker at 3am and put it on the TV and just belt it out. Loved it. Loved it. Is that embarrassing? Because I'm not embarrassed. So if you've got, if you've got a freaking, you know... If you, if you found Courtney Barnett in your Spotify a little too much, or you found uh, who's some of the you know maybe a bit of uh, the a Star is a Star is Born soundtrack. I don't think that's embarrassing, but some people do. You know, maybe you got a bit of Katy Perry in there. Maybe you know from 2010 or whatever. Your artist of the decade or whatever. Just fucking embrace it. Unless you don't like that music anymore, but everyone once once you like music in a period of time, you'll always like it a bit. Because then it's just a fucking big old injection of nostalgia. You know? Because I loved Avril Lavigne in 2003 or whenever. So now not only do I still like the music. I'm like this is a freaking banger. Nobody's home. I'm home listening to this. It's awesome. But then I also get the nostalgia going. Dude primary school I was fucking. I was kicking it you know. Division 1 soccer. Thanking myself. So. Don't feel embarrassed. Just enjoy the goddamn tunes, you know? <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah, so I don't think I don't think anyone should be embarrassed about anything. And Spotify rap was so cool. If you, if you honestly use Apple Music, you need to grow up. I, I saw, like, uh, I saw somebody post about Pandora on Twitter. Being like, I wish Pandora did the same thing. And it's like, I don't. You need to you need to grow up and sort your life out. Pandora, ugh, sort it out. Okay, if you're paying for that service, I don't know. I, I've lost I've lost words. I don't know. I have any words for you? 
So, oh yeah, so this is pretty good. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I will say, I'm going to talk about, here's a little glossary of what's to come. Okay, I'm going to talk about Miley Cyrus. I'm going to talk about ex-girlfriends. I'm going to talk about social, uh, I'll see how time restraints go. Alright, so we don't know what I'm going to talk about. No, well, I'm going to talk about those two things and then pending time. After about 55 minutes, um, I just want to have a super duper and chill out, you know? So, um, Miley Cyrus. She was in the uh, in the tabloids again today. Sometimes I'll, I'll get on the old news.com.au just to see what's what, who's who. Because uh, I don't really watch news or anything. Um, so, maybe I'll see, like... Like that, when Kanye West painted himself silver, I still don't know what that is, what that means, why he did it, or anything. I don't have the information. This is how out of the loop I am. Um, so, I went on news.com.au this morning and think, I'll maybe get, get in the tabloid, see if there's any hot topics to talk about. Um, and immediately it just said, active shooting in America. What Follow the progress here. And I was like, oh, fuck, I, I'm out. Oh, God. You know, like, Jesus, talk about a buzzkill. You know, but uh, so that's uh, the news is just too grim. But anyway, I did. I jumped in the entertainment section. I quickly clicked away from that. Um, and I will say this: Miley Cyrus just got a new tattoo, right? Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth broke up. I spoke about it on the pod before. I'm not going to talk about the same thing again. But I will say this: Miley Cyrus. I was talking about you know what she'd be like as a girlfriend before you know, because poor Liam, you know he when he found when he found love with her. She was still Hannah Montana. She was in the last song, you know. She's singing The Climb. You know, nobody's perfect. You can do it. He falls in love with that girl. Next thing you know, she's fucking naked on a wrecking ball trying to suck off some guy's freaking whatever. You know what I mean? Night and day. But then they go back together. They're in love. They broke up. I was crushed. You were too. Admit it. Just goddamn admit it. Anyway, but I will say this. I think she'd be a terrible ex... She's got to be one of the worst ex-girlfriends you could ever have. Because, like, just the carry-on from this chick has been unbelievable. Like, Liam Hemsworth, yeah, he's, he's a quiet Aussie Byron Bay guy. I don't know if he's from there originally, but I know he has a house there. Or his brother does. Doesn't matter. And, uh, you know, he's just been getting on with things, you know? Just, just keeping the wheels turning, working on his films, dating. I think he's been down in absolute sort, as he should be, because he's a 10. But Miley Cyrus has been in the freaking all over Instagram. Every post is like a dig at him. And she just got a, a tattoo that says freedom. And the caption's like, oh, thank God I finally feel free. I've been feeling so trapped all this year. And it's like, was... Like, leave him alone, you know? Like, Jesus Christ, it's hard enough without you on the freaking Instagram going, oh, I finally, finally feel like this weight's off my shoulders, you know? It's like, was he not the love of your goddamn life? You got married to him. You were with him for years. And and not to mention, she's with that Cody Simpson guy now. And there's that photo of her literally freaking jacking him off. There's a photo of like her, literally her hand is on his dick. And that's like one of many risque shots they took together. Imagine like, you'd just be like, and then she'd be the worst girlfriend because uh, you break up with your girlfriend, you block her on everything, standard practice. But then... Imagine you're at the airport, E! News comes up, and it's a picture of your ex-girlfriend with your hand, with her hand on Cody Simpson's dick. You know, you, you're waiting to board your freaking Jetstar flight. You're just like, oh, what the fuck, you know? You, you can't escape it. 
you literally can't escape it. Because every time she posts on social media about you, it makes the freaking news, you know? TMZ, Sky News, whatever. Oh, another photo today. Uh, Cyrus was riding Cody Simpson on a Spanish beach. Uh, she later captioned the photo saying she has never felt more sexually awakened. You're just like, oh my God. God, no, that was my wife. <laughs> it's the love of my life. Oh God, no. You know, God, don't, imagine having that as your ex-girlfriend. What the fuck? Dude, that would be hell on earth. It'd be no escape. You'd have to literally, if you saw a screen, like just someone walks past with a phone, you'd have to just put a hood over and be like, take it away. No, no. You know, who's she dating now? Freaking LeBron James. Like, oh God. Oh, it'd just be absolute hell on earth. And uh, yeah, she's always like, fuck, just doing wild shit, posting about it. And there's no escape because she's one of the most famous people in the world. So, oh, poor Liam Hemsworth. Send out a prayer. He's, he's Australian. Never forget it, you know. Cody Simpson's Australian as well, so all's fair and love and war, I suppose. But, uh, but yeah, brutal. And what about the turnaround on these? Uh, I've never been divorced, but I would assume if you get, like, divorced. You know, I'm divorced and Harrison Ford. <laughs> but uh, if you get divorced, I would assume there's a bit of a cool-down period. You know, your marriage is just falling apart. Not for old Miley. She was in the yacht making out with that chick. Then she was jacking off Cody Simpson. Poor Liam can barely have a fucking cup of coffee before it's like, oh God. And, and the whole world knows. That's the other thing. So it's like, you know, a normal girl, it's like, oh mate, don't, don't want to speak out of school, but so-and-so is dating your ex. So you go, oh God, this is horrible. Uh, but then, but it's like the whole world, it's like, oh mate, what about your, your ex-missus, your ex-wife, I should say, getting fucking pieced up by... By young Cody Simpson. I think Cody Simpson's like 19, 23, 27. I have no idea how old he is. I don't really know what he does. But I know he's famous. And uh, he's got one of the great rigs. I've seen that. And uh, I know I know he's just doing some absolute damage to Miss Miley. That's for sure. You could see it in her eyes. So poor Liam Hemsworth. Let's pour some, uh, pour some holy water out for our brother. Our Australian brother, you know. He was in the Hunger Games. Never forget. So, Miley Cyrus would be the ex-girlfriend from hell. But I will say this, on the topic of ex-girlfriends. I'm talking. I'm going to talk about your mate's ex-girlfriends now. Because it's... There, is there anyone more irrelevant on this planet than your mate's ex-girlfriend? Unless you're a massive scumbag and you want to try and run through her. But, like, you know when you're running... Like, and especially not even, like... Oh, no, just all friends, really. But because I've run, I've run into a couple of ex-girlfriends over the last couple of months, and it's just like, just just go away. Do you know what I mean? Ex-boyfriends as well. I was, yeah, I'm assuming it goes both ways. You know, it's like like someone dated your mate for six months and then broke his heart, and then you see her at the shops a month later, and she's like, hey, how's uni going? And it's like, uh, I don't know if I really care for you anymore. You know what I mean? I just had your fucking ex-boyfriend at my house at freaking 2 a.m. telling me, what your hair smells like on a summer's night. I think, I think we're done here. You know what I mean? I think I've had just about enough. And it's like, cause it's like a fishbowl friendship. You're only mates with them cause they're going out with with your friend. You know, you take out the, ch the link. It's gone. It's over. It's gone. So then it's like, you see him out and, uh, and, and this happened to me. I remember I said hi to a mate's ex girlfriend once and she was literally just like, fuck off, Billy. 
And I was like, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I get that. I totally get that. And then, but now I've run into a couple of ex-girlfriends of my friends lately. And they're like, they want to come back like, hey, it's me. I'm still the same old me. And it's like, ah, dear the road. You know? You bloody, you've, 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 especially if it's been a bad breakup, which I've, which there's been a couple of bad breakups in my friends' lives. And then the girl who's like responsible is like, ah, what are you, how's your mum? And it's like, all right. Kate, hit the road, thank you, you know, had just about enough of you and your antics and your mind games, and he's bloody all in a, because when, when you, when you, your mate gets heartbroken, you're the one there with the freaking, it's like Marley and me, you're like, oh god, Marley, is that, well he doesn't die, but you know, he's, he's, it's sad, and then, and then when they get back together, that's the worst, that's happened recently, where like, a mate's ex misses, they break up, I'm like, yeah, fuck her. You don't need her. You're the man. You can't be stopped. You're the pinnacle of human evolution. You know, 3,000 years from now, they're going to talk about you and what you achieved and who you were. Who's she? Nobody from nowhere. Fuck her. God, always hated her. Even if you didn't, you just say that. You say, ah, oh, I always knew there was something wrong with her. Even even you're, you're thinking, God, she was lovely. You're, you've, you've really fucked this one, you know? You'll never get better. But you don't say that, even though you know it to be true. He knows it too. That's why he's crying. But you don't say it. This was a couple of months ago. A friend of comedy, a friend in a comedian friend, he went through this with his his girlfriend, and uh, and then they get back together, and you're thinking, and 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 she comes over like just like, hey, it's all fine and dandy. Who gives a shit? Oh, we're back. And I'm looking at her going, yeah. Firstly, you think of all the horrible things you've said about her, and you think, oh god, oh this is awkward. But she doesn't know, but she'll find out because he'll tell her eventually, and uh, and. And she's like, oh, it's so good to see you, Billy. And I'm like, oh, is it? Is it good to see me? Is this what it is? Is it we're just swanning back in? We're just swanning back into the fucking... You know what I mean? Is this what we're doing? We're swanning back in? Like a swan? With your swanniness? I don't know. I think there should be some sort of a... You know, hey, you know, obviously, thanks for looking after fucking Brenton while I was... Gone, obviously, we're going through a tough time. Really appreciate it. Good to see you, Bill, you know? Like, just be a bit less swan-like when you're re-entering the, their life and everyone else's, I think. Too many girls swanning around after breaking hearts, you know? Be a bit more like a like a duck. Just kind of slowly peck your way in. Hey, guys, I'm back, 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 back. Is that it? Back, 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 back. Oh, that's a chicken. Okay. Well, anyway. So, yeah, there's nothing more irrelevant than your mate's ex, you know? And, uh, uh, like I said, unless you're a huge scumbag, in which case you'll probably be comforting her over him. Get out of our friendship group. You're a dog. It's the last time I'll say it. It is the last time I'll say it. So that's how I feel. That's how I feel. And, uh, I don't know. What can you do? It's all water under the bridge, really. If you if your mate breaks up with a girl, you're on his side. If they get back together, I mean, you're still on his side, but you got to forgive her as well. It's his decision, but I don't know. But then I think you just maybe resent her and let it burn like a ball of rage inside you until their wedding day three years later and the priest goes, does anybody object? And you go, yeah, I've got a few things to say. You've been on the whiskeys all day and you're fired up, you know? That's probably the best way to deal with that, I think, thanking myself. So, so yeah. Breakups are never, never fun. But, you know, some bloke... Some bloke breaks your mate's heart, some girl breaks her heart, some freaking transgender, non-binary, 
Humanoid breaks your heart. Broken hearts. Somebody gets heartbroken. You got to rally around that person. And I don't think it should be a free ticket back in. Especially if they fucked him around, you know? It's like, well, you fucked my man around. I don't know. So thanking, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if that was even anything. Maybe I was just venting. I don't know. Too many girls swanning back in around, uh, around the lads for my liking. I'll say that. So. Yeah. Do you know what I should have done? I should have said that was sent in. So then it seems like I'm addressing a question from a more neutral perspective instead of blatantly venting about my mate's exes. But it's my podcast. You can back off. It's the last time I'll say it. It is the last time I'll say it. Um, but yeah, it's 52 minutes. I had a couple other things, but who gives a shit? Um, okay. Now guys, for, oh, I'll say this bit, oh, bit of, oh, I forgot to back. Yep. Okay. So I had another bit of admin I forgot to do. I'm taking a break over Christmas, but the pod won't be taking a break. The pod will be running through. I've got a couple of treats lined up. Firstly, I've got an old live podcast I did in, uh, I did in Canberra and, uh, it's a fucking phenomenal, it's an hour of, uh, of me and a pod with a, with a couple of mates of mine where it's like I was the guest. So like I'm telling the stories. It's a fucking, it's phenomenal. I'm hammered. It's my first ever headline gig and it's all recorded. It's great. So I'm going to upload that. And I'm also going to do a best of 2019, like compilation of all my favorite riffs from the year. Um, now I will say this. If you have anything that you particularly liked throughout the year that you want to see in the best of 2019, just message me on Instagram. For some reason on Facebook, I don't get a notification about it. Um, so message me on Instagram, um, because I'm just going off the show descriptions. Like I just went through all the show descriptions and if it's not in the description, then it's not going to be in there. So, um, if something, uh, especially it was off the cuff, it probably won't be in the description. Or I don't know. Lots, I don't know. If you have anything you'd like in the best of 2019, just shoot me a message. I'll put it in and then, um, I'll be recording them live again at the start of next year. So the pod will continue every Thursday through the new year. And uh, I got two, two special treats and then it'll be business as usual from about, uh, you know, the first week of January or whatever. And uh, anxiously arrogant, get some bloody tickets and tell your fucking friends. Do you know what I mean? Way too long, way too long. Yeah. And I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone. Cause these people got me fucked up. Yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong. Now my mind's strong to me, don't you wait too long, wait too long. Oh, I, oh, I, oh.